Anastasia Tarpe Ellis is on our show today. Her thirst for startups came from working in accelerators. Now she is the co-founder of BOSA, a community-driven life management platform that helps busy parents achieve their goals. She's ran accelerators, and she's also been a cohort of accelerators. Let's hear how and why she made the switch to founder life and the valuable advice that she would give to others who are thinking about starting a company or are on their founder journey. We have a very special guest with us today, and she has um, a diverse background, which I'm excited to share because a lot of us don't know much about accelerators. Some of us do. Some of the startups go through accelerators, and now she's a founder herself, so that's super exciting. So welcome, Anastasia. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Brooke. Yeah. Yay. Okay. So I kind of gave away a little bit of info, but you started in, well, you had, you worked prior, but your startup world, it sounds like it started in backstage capital, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. How yes does no. one get, okay. So how does one get involved in backstage capital? Yeah. So it was a bit of a journey. Um, yeah a long winding road. So I actually was working or interning at the time for the city of Los Angeles. Um, but then I started getting into the tech scene in LA, just kicking around ideas and things like that with friends and going to events. And I was able to be selected as a program fellow for Grid 110, which is an accelerator that still runs today. Oh, uh, awesome. At the time they were doing uh, fashion tech for their first couple of cohorts. Oh. Yes, yeah, so that was that's really interesting. Fun. I was not into fashion. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's fun. <laughs> it well, really it sounds fun. fun. I don't know how fun it is, but it sounds fun. <laughs> it was really fun. And so I think the interesting thing there was the opportunity to work again with their very first cohort, a small batch of founders. Um, and yeah, build out their programming, match them with mentors, bring in um, lunch and learn speakers, things like that, manage events that we did. Uh, one of the fun things that I did, because it was mentioned during my interview, I gave an idea of doing a, like a hackathon for folks in the city of LA, then ended up hosting it at the Standard Hotel in downtown LA with overnight rooms and accommodations. Wow. <laughs> from wow. Like IBM, you became an so. event planner as well, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never, I don't know if I'll do that again, but that was, that was really, really cool. They did pitches and everything at the end, uh, had mentors as well, walking around the 24 hour period to help. Yeah. Help wow. people in the community come up with ideas. So did someone that was hack? all part was of Good 110. Was someone able to hack whatever needed to be hacked? Yes, they did. They all did. All the teams hacked things, <laughs> um, fashion apps as well. I think there was one. There was one I remember clearly about um, plus size fashion for women, which was really cool. It was so long ago. I can't remember all the <laughs> all the projects now. So yeah. 
Interesting. Fashion and tech aren't really something I think about putting the two together. So uh, that's interesting. That was very unique, I would say, for you could probably see the same thing happening in like New York, but also for L.A., what was really big and still is for Grid 110 is their whole thing at the time was providing office space for startup founders because that's like the hardest thing to get. You don't have money for that. And they were really focused on downtown Los Angeles, which had the garment district. And mm. so it was a blend of the tech energy that was happening back then. This may have been around 2015. Plus, you know, the actual physical location of where the accelerator was held. So it was a, an interesting blend for fashion tech. Um, there was companies, again, who were doing actually like on the manufacturing and supply chain side of fashion. There was another doing ethical fashion, um, I think partnering in Haiti, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, and sourcing mm -hmm. raw materials there. Um, so you could mm -hmm. like, you know, print your plain t-shirts and use their plain t-shirts for like your brand kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, all the way to, you know, fitting a tux virtually and so you didn't have to go in store anymore. <laughs> so there was all, all kind of things I remember from that. That's so interesting. Okay, so from Grid, then where did you go? Yeah, I went back to the city. Again, by this point, I'd already caught sort of the startup bug and, you know, loving working with founders, loving up with ideas. And I was still going to events on the side or like moonlighting. I guess if you would say that. Um, and then working at the city, I ran a capital improvement projects. So millions of dollars uh, in budget for um, city repair projects as far as like buildings and things like that, whatever council members are working on as well. Um, quarterly reporting and managing up, if you will, to other departments. <laughs> so that was a lot for a young 20-year-old. Yeah. They trusted with these huge budgets. I'm talking uh, tens to hundreds of millions of dollars for each wow. budget cycle. So. So on the programmatic, you know, business operation side, that was definitely where I got my experience there um, that I now use as a startup founder. But it was um, around this experience, I would say the following summer, kind of 2016, I started hearing about this person, Arlen Hamilton. Um, she was making some really awesome and bold claims around, you know, there's not enough people investing in women, people of color, LGBTQ founders. And hey, like we all need to wake up because we're going to miss the wave, essentially, right? We're going to miss this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And another thing she did at the time, I think she was one of the first black people or first black women to do like what's called um, an angel list kit. So you can pull money together to then invest in founders on mm, this specific okay. platform. So I started hearing about this again, come starting to follow, you know, tech news a bit more, you know, in my spare time. And I just reached out to her. She also lived in LA. But yeah, she agreed to meet with me and we met up. And I would say since then, the rest is history. I was still working uh -huh. at the city. But a few months later, I joined backstage kind of ad hoc as an entrepreneur in residence. So I was still, again, working some, on some ideas. And she knew that with the understanding that eventually, maybe one day, backstage would invest in, in BOSA or you know whatever idea I came up with. And there were other entrepreneurs and residents also at the firm at this time. And so did that, supported the portfolio companies that she was bringing in. Again, I was using my knowledge that I just built in my spare time about the LA tech scene, right. you know, connecting and making intros for the founders if they needed anything very informal. 
Um, so that's how I got involved with Backstage before joining, you know, full time for a paid position. So. Mm. Awesome. I can't, I can only imagine how, well, I think it would be cool to see all the ideas that come to an accelerator uh, and just watch the dynamics of the different founders and the teams and what works and what like all the different strengths that they bring to the table. I've, I was in an accelerator as well and it was very focused on like pitches or a certain component, mm -hmm. right? Like I feel like they all have a special, um, their special sauce of like what they focus on, but just the breadth of, there were so many different types of startups in it. And, um, it always mesmerized me the amount of time the mentors were willing to give and not get paid. Like this was their free time. And I, like, we were extremely blessed to have some mentors that were incredible and the amount of time, like I, th I used to think about it and like, would I do that? I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I would do that. Like that's a lot of time. I mean, meeting us after hours and like, listening to our pitches and diving into plans. Like it was, it was just incredible. So hats off to those mentors. Um, yes, but so cool to see all these different ideas, I would think. For sure. I remember specifically, cause I don't, I didn't, I wasn't a part of the application process for the grid 110 cohort that I helped with. But once we started building out backstage, um, accelerators, so that was, a global accelerator across four cities, Los Angeles, Philly, and London. And initially I was on the team to, you know, be to support each of those cities. There was like a global team and then full city teams. Um, but eventually after doing that work, all of us working together, I was tapped to lead and run the LA cohort. Mm. So even as part of being on the global team, once applications opened, you know, we, we all work together and like, how do we want that experience to be, especially for founders, you know, who are underrepresented, who often get mistreated in the industry. Like we really wanted to take care, you know, throughout the application process. Um, before I was even tapped as the LA lead, I got to see a lot of those applications and you are right, like they're amazing stuff. Like it, you also get attached to some of them as well, especially right. when they start interviewing. I can Yes. Yeah. And then scoring and needing to drill down. And then again, when I was um, tapped for the LA position, I also needed to sign off on specifically founders who were going to be in our cohort. So picking investments, essentially, I think for six companies. So, you know, like who's going to be first, second, third, that kind of thing, who are your alternates, if someone declined, if there's any issues that come up, like that was a big thing as well. But like you said, you, you just are fascinated and you're cheering everyone on, whether they make it through the accelerator right. process or not. Right. Putting yourself out there, period, is just a huge thing. And I think um, people may not realize what accelerator leaders and program leaders, you know, we actually care about the applications folks put out there. Um, so yeah, share your, share your idea. Don't be afraid. <laughs> there's right, there's right. a human looking at it on the other side. So yeah. he's got their own thoughts and feelings. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Accelerator leaders are your friend. Very much. So. And they're very helpful. You just have to utilize and leverage them. I think. Yes. Can you yeah. tell when somebody 
submits an application or when a company comes into the cohort or the accelerator, whether they're going to make it or not, like do they, if they have legs or not? I think it just depends on what you're looking for, for the cohort. Like you said, like when you went through your uh, program, there was all sorts of different companies. Um, the diversity of companies, as far as industry, that could be one thing. But again, how can we have to also look at how can the team, the accelerator team itself support those companies? So do we have the resources? Do we have the mentors available again to help them succeed? Are we interested in what they're building? Right? You know, yes, we're people, but we also want to be able to be committed to you, the founder individually, and also your idea so that again, you have the best chance of succeeding throughout the program and afterwards. Um, I would say it's probably hard to tell, like for any, any early stage mm -hmm. yeah. company, at least that's what we are focusing at, at Backstage, early stage. Now there are accelerators do much later stage. So they can probably have a better idea and, you know, several more indicators to say, okay, this is, you know, I can see where they're going in the next five years. When you're at that stage, I don't think you can really tell Mm -hmm. um, beyond what the founder brings to the table. So whether that founder stays working on that same idea or not, I feel like that's kind of what you can gauge. Not so mm -hmm. much will their specific idea make it through. Um, right. But I will say like looking back on the cohort that I have, like I think all but one went, went under for just the LA. And then the one that went under like still is doing some really awesome stuff. She's now running for office. <laughs> so Really? <laughs> yes. And I think she's bringing back as well some elements of her company and, and going through some things. So it's just, I think having that fortitude is what you're usually looking for, you know, in that early stage founder. And then you as a founder, like, hey, what is my level of like stick to it and stick to itiveness? A lot of people call it grit. I don't really like mm -hmm. that word, but that's what people right. are usually looking for yeah. at that early stage. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I remember too, it's like the stories of founders who failed the first time, failed maybe this, came up with another idea. Like, I think it's just in your blood. If it's in your blood, you have to accept it. Like, it's, <laughs> you can't control your mind coming up with ideas and wanting to start a company. And, you know, like a lot of people can't fathom it and are like, give it up already. Right. But, if it's in you, it's in you, right? You can't do anything. You can't shut it off, right? I don't know. Definitely. Uh, so then you switched to the crazy side. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to the, I'm on the, the crazy brain side now. That off, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so now you are a co-founder of bosa right and who yes. did you have to go out and find a, a co another co-founder or how did that happen because no. i get a lot of questions about founders and co-founders yes people are not going to like this so. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's it's hear such a fantastic story <laughs> so i lucked out and i met my co-founder in college about 16 years ago now <laughs> oh wow so, oh that's cool engineering school mm -hmm. oh and engineering so we were coming school. up with yes so that is another key thing you know looking at people around you that you may already know yes that might have complementary skills i think that was a big big part of our story as well 
Um, Technical founders are huge game changer. Game changer. And shout out to my co-founder, EJ Aruche. We are really close friends. Met at Rose Hallman Institute of Technology in Indiana. Um, When I moved out to LA, he moved out just like a year later. And so did several of our other friends from that school. (laughs) So we're all really close. We call ourselves a family. Um, And so when we were... When I was working on just, you know, like you said, think like our brains are always going, just thinking of different ideas and things like that. He was one of those people I was doing that with. And so we ended up starting BOSA together. Uh, so I had my friend also built in co-founder and he's also a self-taught developer. So he wasn't like, you know, a computer science major or anything, but, you know, we have that kind of similarity as far as training, you know, engineering yeah. school wise, although I did not graduate from that school, I switched my major <laughs> and left the school, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what brought us together. And that's why I didn't have to like go find a co-founder. So yeah. I don't really have much to say about trying to find one, but I do know other founders you who have found them through other programs and things like that. But yeah, I'm definitely like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk Boza. So what is Boza? Yeah. And where are you at in the life yeah. stage of BOSA? <laughs> We're still early, but in a really exciting time right now. And I'm happy to share that with all of you. Um, so BOSA is a community for working parents. And we help people go after their goals with community support as well as tech support from our end. So I believe we'll be offering like some automation and things like that to either schedule appointments or again, surface information or platform that can better help you achieve what I'd like to do. And so our vision is essentially helping people go after any, again, crazy idea or dream that they may have and actually help, you know, empowering them to do that. And we're starting with working with working parents. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Right now we are, like I mentioned, early stage, but hope to be launching our beta officially the end of this month slash top of May. Okay. And bringing on um, more of a public beta. We've done some internal testing and builds and things like that uh, with myself and my co-founder, but now we are at the, on, you know, about to be on the main tier. So really, (laughs) that's exciting. (laughs) Okay. So have you received funding or are you going, are you going the funding route? So yes, we've done a few things. Um, we've gotten grant money, some some small amount of grant money locally here where I'm based in Cincinnati, which has been really awesome and, and supportive. Um, we've also last year participated in an accelerator ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, on the other side of the fence. The, That's going to be yes, fun. Yes, which they were like, hmm, I don't know if I'll let you in having run an accelerator. <laughs> <laughs> no. I bet, I love it, I bet you it's intimidating. I would be intimidating. It's weird when you're doing your own company is like, you just let everything go. And it's like, okay, I'm facing this for the first time. You know, you don't want to assume you, you know, anything. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to the team over at ocean programs who run ocean accelerator. I would love for everyone to check them out. They do really intentional work around um, keeping the founder whole, healthy, and sane <laughs> throughout the startup. Ah, nice. That's important. Yeah. Yes, I loved what we did there. And then right before that, we did raise some funding from some boutique, smaller venture funds. Nice. Awesome. I think grants are great if you can find out about them and you can complete (laughs) the process. (laughs) Yeah. 
right? <laughs> like that's the tricky part. And you get it properly completed depending on, um, I mean, there are so many different kinds of grants out there, but yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So if I'm a parent and I go to BOSA, what, what do I do and what does it do for me? Walk me through it. So you could uh, join BOSA one of two ways. So you can come okay. in actually one of three ways, <laughs> and which is okay. what we'll be exploring in our beta. So okay. y'all bear with us. Um, so you can join the platform as an individual person. So anyone can sign up for BOSA and you can start writing your goals. So the first thing you'll see when you, when you join is, you know, what can we help you with or what's on your mind? And so folks usually want to write something around a hobby they're working on or like, hey, I do need to do some of those things down that are around like just general scheduling for my family. Um, another big example we talk about is planning a trip. And so mm. when you put things like that in BOSA, what we'll do is match resources to you for each of those items. So for example, plan a trip. Uh, an example we use is plan a Disney trip uh, for spring mm. break. And so we'll mm -hmm. surface resources that could come from other parents or other vetted sources that you can see. So what BOSA does um, a step further is we also offer what are called templates or flows. So if you want to plan that trip, instead of you having to figure out, oh, what are all the things that I need to do to get into place? We'll give you a kickstart of several items to work on. So let's just say there's five steps to planning your Disney trip. BOSA's already mapped that out for you. And so we'll help you focus one step at a time and even prompt you to maybe have someone else in your community help you. So maybe you mm -hmm. have a friend who's been to Disney. Hey, Jan, can you help me, you know, collaborate on this mm -hmm. with me? There's also the ability for Jan to completely take one of those steps off of your list for you. Mm. So it frees you up while also, again, moving through your, you know, your template of planning a trip. So again, Jan is being brought in by you as your community, essentially. And so you can start bringing in more people. It can be another friend, you know, someone from your faith group or some other community you're part of. And eventually you'll have your own kind of, you know, mm. Brooks community okay. happening. So you <laughs> add your, you add the people that you want in your community on the platform. Yeah. Okay. As, so it's not needed, like right? some random person that you don't know, say across the U.S. or world, for that fact, that's chiming in and taking booking flight tick flights <laughs> or getting flight times off your plate, right? And you're like, whoa, what what just happened here? All right, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. So you have everything that you write in Bosa is automatically private. You have the power to share it with as few or little, you know, as many people as you want. Okay. Now you do have the opportunity to share something more publicly to the BOSA community, which is anyone who's a BOSA user. And they can chime in and give you ideas or what have you. Or again, if you're comfortable, <laughs> they can take right, something right. off your list they'd like. Um, and eventually as we get smarter, maybe we're suggesting someone who lives, you know, in Oregon to help you and you're in Ohio, if that makes sense. Yeah. But again, you don't have to know. You don't have to do that. But that's us becoming smarter, being able to personalize the experience for you. So again, you get the resources and help that you need. That's awesome. Is this built on AI at all? So when we, yes, when we get to that point, we can be using some tools that are AI and like natural language processing in order to understand and better serve you anything, you know, that's personalized to, to your needs. 
So like, yes, we'll pick be up on using the data. AI. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not creating. Yeah, we're like creating the next generative generative AI thing, but we'll be using you know similar tools again, maybe tools. helping us come up with those steps for those templates and things like that. Yeah. Now, will you hmm. be advertising on this platform? Is that how the revenue is generated, or is so? Great question, and it connects to your first question of, around how can someone join us. So you can just come in as an individual, you know, get going. That's fine. The next opportunity is say your team signs up for Bosa as well, um, your work team. Uh-huh. And they may provide BOSA as, you know, an opportunity for them to connect with a specific community with, you know, within their work team, things that they're working on, supporting each other, that sort of thing. And of course, you still have the opportunity to bring in any personal contacts family to help you with personal items. Uh-huh. Now, the last item around what you mentioned, um, advertising and any perks and things like that, you can also join BOSA as part of an existing community you're part of. So say, for example... And this is what we're excited about and exploring right now, actually. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, the, not influencers, but there's influencers or, or courses or coaches who are bringing their folks in community and are actually caring about what they get done. So they might have a few steps for them for, to follow or, you know, a specific course that they need to check out, like I mentioned, or a resource. And so we want to honor these communities um, or anyone, again, any community leader, they can have any of their community members join. Now, as far as advertising, say you, Brooke, as an individual are in BOSA and you have a, um, a goal around healthy eating mm-hmm. and there's a community leader that helps you with healthy eating, we can surface that opportunity for you and you can choose to join their community. So it is like an ad in a sense. Mm-hmm. And they can that community leader can charge for their healthy eating community, and you can choose to pay for that if you would like. I see, I see, mm-hmm. I see. And they manage their own resources and things like that. And again, we surface it in other ways to the entire Bosa community, so that the community leader is getting exposure, you know, to all mm-hmm. the Bosa users, and the Bosa users are all getting opportunities to join communities that are actually tied to their goals, that who are actually caring about what they what okay. they done. So now would that transaction take place on Boza? So I'll give you an example. Say I wanted to learn how to play guitar and that's on my list, right? So I open it up and I'm connecting with guitar teachers, I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to show me who I can connect with, right? And then I get connected with someone and obviously... I have to pay for his guitar lessons or her guitar lessons or whatnot. So does that Mm -hmm. transaction happen on Boza or then are you, would it be directed off of Boza? Yeah. So how we're seeing it now, when you join that community, like say that guitar um, teachers community in Boza, that transaction would happen in Boza. And then you would pay for that to be a part of their community and what have you. And so all their sources or classes or what have you, you can click from there, click within BOSA and then complete the transaction. Ah, so it like stores their stuff too. So then I could just go to the community and download or watch a video or talk to them or whatever the case may be. Ah, yeah. okay. Yep. And then how we Kinda bring- like a marketplace. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the users on one side, community leaders on one side, as far as two sides of the marketplace. Um, and 
every resource we bring up within BOSA as well. So you don't have to necessarily leave the platform, which is really helpful feedback we've gotten from people. They say, oh, yeah, I like just seeing it here. Right. right? Like, I don't need right. to be going right. wherever else. Right. So, How many times yeah. have we ran down the rabbit hole on Google trying to find stuff? <laughs> and then we go to one, then it goes to another. Then, it, yeah. And then exactly. you're like, wait a minute. And where was I? Like, like, I wasted half ago? a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That was a fun rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then nothing got done. Nothing right, got done. Right, there was no right. support. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Trying to cut all cut down on all that kind of stuff. And That's get you to awesome. where you need to be. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So you're getting ready to launch your beta. Mm-hmm. And when are you doing that? The end of this month. So okay. um it is April, right? I'm like, what what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. So let me check the calendar. So we're doing a couple things around this launch. Um, April 28th, we're having this event called Pop-Up Think Tank, where again, you can come as kind of like our last hurrah of user feedback session. It's interactive. It'll be similar to this. We'll do like an interview, product walkthrough. So you'll see the product. Um, also, we'll have breakout sessions, which are really fun. They'll be facilitated that you can you know, give input, like, you know, what do you think of Bosa? Like, what would you describe it as? Or... You know, who are some of these community leaders that you might know that both the team can connect to? Um, so we'll be doing that on April 28th, and we'd love for all y'all to join us. And then after that, yes, yeah, so going live with the BOSA, with BOSA, sorry, it's top May, um, to onboard anyone, any teams, any community leaders, and then also opening it up as well. Individuals can, can sign up. That's awesome. So that's on April 28th. I love the yeah. title of that, Think Tank Pop-Up. Uh, pop up think tank yes yeah, shout out to tim schuster who runs that organization you'll have to give us the link and we'll include it i will include the link below and through our social media so for anyone that's interested in joining the pop-up think tank and yes. testing out bosa uh sounds like it could be a time saver for sure uh, for parents and, uh, checking off the list of things to do. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) and making it easy to find what you need. Uh, uh, as a parent, I know my list is pretty long sometimes (laughs) of things to do. And, uh, this would be very helpful. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So what, in in the process so far i mean you're i think it would be cool to revisit like in a year after beta launches and all that fun stuff and see like where you're at and where the road has taken you but up until now how does it two questions how does it feel to be on the founder side and two what do you think when do you think your aha moment happened? We'll start mm. there, and then I have one more follow up question. I think being on the founder side, kind of what you said earlier, is natural to me. I don't know. Right. I could be lying. It's just in your blood. <laughs> it's just in you, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say I was like the most entrepreneurial person. Like I didn't have a lemonade stand growing up or anything like that, but definitely always someone like trying ideas or not afraid to do the new thing, even in an existing environment. So at a company or, you know, a team or just being like, you know, encouraging new things to happen. I felt like that was a bit of a theme 
just growing up and, you know, throughout my career. And so when it came time to be a founder, again, I had worked in venture capital. I had been around founders. So I think I got like the exposure of like, this is going to be hard, but um, I had some awareness of what I was getting into. And so I, I do think that's different for most people jumping into right, a business right, or, you know, right. starting an idea. They don't have other people around them um, who've started companies or, you know, a, a small shop in town or what have you. And so I feel like I, ha- I was blessed to have that opportunity just by the career that I've had to be around, you know, entrepreneurial folks. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like when I transitioned to being a founder, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing the thing finally that I'm talking about. It's right. a bit scary, but yeah. here we yeah. are and figuring out every day. And it's hard. It's I wouldn't say it's something that people like perfect, you know? Right. Did you have the idea? Well, let's face it. Startups are like their own. It's like they're, they're a beast. So if you're in the startup world, you're just embracing a different life and a different world. And I think you're just, what you surround yourself with is what you are, right? So that's what Mm -hmm. the natural, it seems like the natural thing to do. So did you have Mm -hmm. Bosa as an idea before you, while you were at Backstage or did it come after? Yeah. So we had some semblances of ideas around like wellness and making things easier for people, um, just tinkered around different approaches to that. And then I would say in the past like year or two, it was really around just tapping into how can we solve things for working parents and all of this just stem from research, um, surveys, phone calls, <laughs> whatever, you know, scouring the head of Facebook family groups and things like that, um, getting to know people. And so that is, yeah, we've had this idea, not as it is currently for the long time, but just wanting to crack this code essentially of how can we make life, life easier for people, empower people, um, and have it be done in a more well-balanced and sustainable way. And so that high level has been consistent with whatever kind of approach we've explored mm-hmm. over the last, you know, last few years. Um, and I, so I would say probably going into last year is when we've arrived at the point we're at now, as far as the idea of working parents going after their goals, um, helping them accomplish that with community. So that, that was to your question earlier about maybe like an aha moment. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the last like year, year and a half has been the aha moment of, okay, like now we know what we're doing, especially yeah. now but about to launch the beta, just like getting a lot of positive feedback. Like no one's thinking we're too busy anymore. Like that's a part of the founder journey, you know, looking like you're crazy the whole time and right. yeah, trying to find your people. Right. And the yeah. folks who do understand you. So yeah, I think we're, I think we're here, but it, it took a minute. For sure. What advice would you give to another individual who has an idea or who is just starting out building what's something you would tell them? Yeah. I, my biggest thing, and I think what has helped us be successful or helped us pivot or helped us like, figure out all the things. Um, actually, I would say two things. Yeah. And the first is user research. A lot of articles tell you always talk to your customer and do your research or whatever. 
whatever that article says times a thousand, like you're just doing that all the time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but a lot of people start like, um, do it for, you know, a short amount of time and say, oh yeah, I got the idea. Let me go build the thing, which is not necessarily bad, but when you build the thing, okay, like you might be launching, but you're really just doing a, a more sophisticated version of that user research the next time around. Cause now you have something mm -hmm. tangible, like, okay, that person can see, you know, where your mind is at, how the people look, how it will function. But now you have to do another round of, of interviews. Is it actually solving the problem? Is it, you know, going down that rabbit hole? So whether mm -hmm. you build something physical or start something physical, like have a pop-up shop or whatever you're doing, always tap into user research. And, and especially if you can branch out from people you don't know very well to get um, more unbiased feedback. I think that would be a big thing. I think that's what's gotten us to where we are now. It's like, you can't be married to the product, right? Like you have mm -hmm. to start listening to people outside because they're your market. They're, you know, who's going to buy, who's going to use the product. So, And yeah, I, I would back that up with, you have to be very open-minded and open to criticism and not defensive and yes. about your product and accept that it's, a learning experience and it's for your own good. Now, there are people out there that probably would just could mutilate you. You have to like weed through and weed through all, all of the noise. Like, um, yeah. One of the things when I went through the accelerator is there were so many people telling us so much stuff at the end of the day. I was like, Oh my God, like I can't do all of this. It's contradicting and right. like, it's not what I want. Right. But customer user experience is by far, you're testing your market, you're gaining market research, and that's what's ultimately going to get you revenue and funding and all the other yeah. stuff. Right. But if someone tells you a different way or they want things, they would like to see it differently. Um, now that's not the time to be bullheaded or to be in your own head. If that makes right. sense. And you can take that. And that's really great advice as well. Like you, they call that founder whiplash during accelerators. Like all the mentors are telling you different things. Um, you're like, I don't know what to do, but I think, yeah. like you said, focusing on customers is really big. And another thing we've tried to do more qualitatively, hopefully in the future will be quantitative now at this beta is it's okay if someone tells you something different than you expected and you kind of, you can hold it in your back pocket of like, Oh, thank you. know, thank you for that. Oh, I didn't think about that. And sometimes they're great ideas, but if it's not, if it's something you don't really like or care for, just see if it comes up again in another user conversation and you're starting to see a pattern, whether it's something good, something bad or unexpected, you know, two, three people are saying the same thing. Okay. Oh, now 10 people are saying the same thing. Like maybe I should act on this or kind of add this to my product roadmap or, you know, whatever I'm doing, you know, down the line and just letting mm -hmm. those folks know like, Hey, I've heard you loud and clear. We'll be addressing this at a later date, you know, building it in. So you do sometimes have to take the direction that you did not expect right? <laughs> and you don't, right. like you don't have to go defensive about it, but right. I think, an alternative to being defensive is you know, something actionable you can do is just like, okay, say thank you and see if it comes up again. And then I think yeah. that second and third time is when you can be like, okay, this is not 
an attack on me. It's not a personal, right, right, you know, right. comment. Well, I think like, a oh, lot yes, of people, really yeah, a lot of people think their startups are. I mean, they treat them as their babies, which I get. They spend yeah. an enormous amount of time. It's their idea. They're building it right, but sometimes I think it's just the frustration of like. I want this to work so bad, right? And um, you want it to work so bad, <laughs> right? And and the changes that go along with it. So not that anybody's yeah. picketed about receiving ideas, but just encourage people to keep an open mind, I guess, and to be grateful that people yeah. took the time to give you feedback, right? If you're getting feedback, good or bad, you were in a great place. <laughs> Yeah. So when right? it's those times when it's attention. kind of like crickets, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like oh my god, I wish someone would say anything to me. I feel like we've been in those places too. Like oh my god, no one responded to the survey or whatever. But right. I honestly, right. like our team does not care. Like we don't care what you say as long as you're talking to us. We're having you know two way communication. We're just excited, like you said, and grateful that you know you would even give us the time because I think people don't realize how far that goes for founders on their journey of figuring, figuring this out. Right. We don't know. We're trying to create something out of nothing. Right. And so just yeah, any feedback right. is like <laughs> hugely helpful. It I is. mean, this really even trickled down for like our company values. We had like a list of values or whatever, but as we dove into some things earlier this year, um, our, the two big ones that came up is this is the second piece of advice I would give. The one was don't get stuck, you know, focus on being unstuck. And I'll dive into that in a second. But the other one is we're not Bosa. We aren't our company. We cannot be so attached to it that we're idolizing this as a company. Um, both my co-founder and I are Christian. So we're just like, okay, who, you know, how, how is God guiding us in bringing this to the world? How can it serve other people? But it's not us. It's not the company, right? These are just vehicles that we can use to do good work. Mm -hmm. And so we can't get so wrapped in Bosa. Like it could take another life and form and it could be a t-shirt company, right? Like who knows, like whatever it is, is like, are we still doing the right. mission and vision we set out to do? Like it doesn't have to be only through Bosa. And I feel like a lot of founders, you know, tying yourself to that, company oh, sure. and feel like you're, you're nothing without it. it's their yeah. identity and when it gets shaken like that's why founder depression and all these types of things are so high because we once a thing's wiped out you feel like you have nothing and it, mm -hmm. and it feels really heavy for people and it's it's mm -hmm. such a, a true thing and so we're trying to be proactive and make that with you know these values as a reminder to us like you know let's not get so wrapped up in into that i love that okay tell us how to get unstuck Yes. How to get unstuck. Ask for help. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. Great idea. I would say, yeah, <laughs> it took us until, not took us until, like we've always tried to find supporters and community and, and all that stuff. Uh, like, especially when I was living out in LA and, you know, getting involved with the community out there, we were part of some really great things, but I really feel like since I moved back to Ohio, been able to find even stronger supporters and programs. And again, like I mentioned, local grants and just really true champions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you can start to dig deep and just see who those true champions are in your life as a, a business owner, as a found, startup founder, I think that will be a huge, huge help and load off shoulders. Just someone you can send a quick email to, hey, can you take a look at this? Or, hey, I've been you know thinking about this for 48 hours. Like, what's your perspective? That person 
can right. unlock thing in like five minutes for you. And you're like, oh, I never thought about that. Right, but, right. You know, that speeds you yeah. up. Sometimes it just faster. takes a new set of eyes. Yep. Exactly. You're too close right. to whatever it. you're working on. So, right. How to get unstuck. Love it. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, how can we best support you? What do you need from us? Or what do you need in general? And how can we help? Yes, we need our first customers. We're so excited, like I mentioned. Yay. <laughs> we have some few um, interested parties and communities and business leaders already. We've been meeting, especially in the Cincinnati area. Um, but anyone nationwide can can support us and join us at bosa.life, B-O-S-A dot L-I-F-E. You can join our wait list there. But more importantly, I would say come April 28th or top of um, May, we should have the website open for you to be able to check out um, how to immediately join BOSA. Right now it's waitlist, like I mentioned. So just sign up for the platform, even as an individual, I think that would be really huge. If you are a community leader as well, so you lead a faith group or you know someone does, or you know a school group, a PTA group, things like that. Yeah. Any kind of affinity group you're part of, have, have all of them join BOSA. You can even email me at Anastasia, A-N-A-S-T-A-S-A, at bosa.life, B-O-S-A dot L-I-F-E. Get in touch with me and we'll forward you manually. Like we, yeah, we'll take time to do a call with you. It. We'll do regular check-in calls with you as well, just to have, again, that open communication, two-way communication for feedback you have about the platform, something is difficult you want to see, um, anything. So that's what we'll, that's what we're going to be doing for the rest of the year is literally just yeah. partnering yeah, that with folks like y'all like in the community. Sounds so. like a good plan to me, right? Like that's how you're <laughs> building your business. That's awesome. We'll include all of the links below too. Uh, we'll include her email and all the website and the socials and all the fun stuff. So check it out. I'm going to sign up for uh, access. Might as well check it out. It's fun, right? Like <laughs> See how it yeah. goes. And any community leaders that are listening or if any of you all know any community community leaders, um, pass this information along. Uh, it's only helping one another and helping busy parents. And so I think it's great. And I look forward to seeing your success. Thank you so much, Burke. I appreciate it. Yeah. And if there's anything else that you need along the way, by all means, uh, let us know. We're here to support you. And um, we will get that information about April 28th out there as well. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, The Wild Feather. If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, you can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, your investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings. <laughs> <laughs>